What's going on, everybody? Hope everybody had a good weekend watching some great, great college football. Debatable. If you're an Alabama fan, it's very debatable. But we have a special guest. We had one last week, and we got another one this week. David Reinhardt. He is a South Alabama fan fanatic. He's pretty much – we do our local shout-out. We do them pretty much every week. He's a season ticket holder. He's pretty much where I get a lot of my information from. So, David, how you doing, man? Doing great, guys. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on the podcast tonight. Uh, I tune in every week. Uh, sometimes I feel like uh, I don't get to watch as much football as I want to because I'm always busy, and just tuning into y'all keeps me up to date, whether it's college or NFL. Uh, we try. <laughs> y'all do a pretty good job. Yeah, you say you can't watch as much. I trust me, I get in trouble for watching way too much football. <laughs> but we're going to hit on South Alabama in a second, but let's get to our hot topic first. Georgia shows, my Lord, Georgia and Tennessee, the number one team in the country, Tennessee rolls up to Georgia, and all the talk is Tennessee's offense has arrived. Tennessee's the next hot thing. And my goodness, Georgia absolutely showed the world why they're the number one team in the country. Yeah. Um, I, th- I actually, so you and Matt last week picked Tennessee. I picked Georgia. So I got the pick right. I just didn't get anywhere close to the score because um, I said Georgia's defense would get enough stops. I don't think anybody, um, even if you're like a diehard Georgia fan, I don't think you saw that coming. They absolutely dominated. I mean, I don't think it's close. I mean, Georgia is by far, in a way, like the number one team in the country, and then it's like everybody else is is what you buy. Is, you know, it's not even close. Yeah, it's not even close. And, David, tell uh, tell the listeners what you sent me yesterday talking about kind of how Georgia is the new Alabama. Yeah, uh, I saw this post actually on Facebook, and it was saying that Kirby Smart took his notes – well, from Nick Saban. Yeah. Brought him to Georgia, and uh, he's implementing them. Just hard-nosed football, tough defense, good run game. Not a, not an amazing quarterback, but can get the job done. Yeah. And that's just basically what Alabama football used to be. Uh, and the last two years plus, we haven't really seen that. No, it's absolutely right. The way Georgia plays now – is like carbon copy of what Nick Saban built, you know, a couple years ago when Kirby was there. They're crazy physical. They're super intense. And that Saturday was a per- – that is what Alabama used to do. Everybody used to say, oh, you know, they struggled against some teams. You got a good team coming in. Georgia just absolutely kicked their teeth in, man. Tennessee couldn't do nothing. They didn't – well, they did. They scored a touchdown at the end. The score was 27-13. They could barely score a touchdown. Yeah. The physicality, the intensity, and we already said, is George the new Alabama? I have something that Kirby, Kirby Smart said after the game, and I thought this was so telling. He was so proud of this. He said he feels like they have done it the right way. Georgia got absolutely no transfers. Everybody on that team was recruited to come there and has bought into the program. Well, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean – yeah, like he, I mean, he learned from the best and has taken over as probably the best coach in college football. Um, yeah, no, no transfers. Recruited great, great players, and but not just recruited because a lot of player or a lot of teams can recruit great players. They have the coaches in place that fit their system, and they develop them very well. That we'll get to in a minute about That's the key. Alabama. That's definitely um, the key, Stephen. Yeah. And it's just like watching that, watching Georgia play all year, but especially the Tennessee game, they really do look like Alabama used to be, like in intensity. They look like even something as simple as, you know, when Georgia would run the ball, the the running back is stood up five yards down the field, and here comes literally the whole rest of the team, especially all the offensive linemen, and they're pushing them, and they're helping them get another two or three yards, and they're psyched up, and they get up and just like pounding their chest. Now you watch Alabama play, and it's like a running back gets stood up, and maybe a wide receiver comes over and helps push or something. The offensive line is just they just it's so different. Um, Georgia's incredible, got an incredible team. Yeah, they're absolutely incredible. And when we say 
when we say something about Alabama has no dogs on their team, just watch Georgia play. If you don't know what we're talking about, watch Georgia play and just watch how they just completely dominate the other team. And it looks like they, they make the other team quit at the end of the game. Yep. But we're going to move on to our local shout-out, South Alabama. This is really why we got David here. Of course, he watched the Alabama game, and he, we're gonna, he's going to hit on that. But let's talk about South Alabama a little bit, David. They won this past weekend. They brought their record to 7-2. and two. They beat Georgia Southern. The most wins in program history. Talk about what that means for this area and for South. Yeah, Heath, uh, like you said, it's um, a school record for most wins in um, program history in FBS football. Those first two years, you know, they went undefeated 22-0. and 0. Oh, yeah, but I, forgot, this is, this I forgot about that. I forgot about that. That stat is from FBS football. Yeah. And uh, just, just a quick recap of the game, guys. It was during the Georgia game, so I'm sure a lot of people didn't watch it. But um, South got the, got the ball first. Their second play of the game, they throw a pick six for a 43-yard touchdown. They come out again, run a six-play drive, have to punt the ball. Georgia Southern comes down in four plays, scores another touchdown. So they're down fourteen nothing with yeah. with five minutes played in the game. Yeah, they were down early. It was not looking good. I was I was actually at a buddy's house watching a Georgia game, and it was his mom's birthday, so we were over there hanging out. And I was watching the game on my phone, the South game. Uh, but just to continue, um, uh, South, uh, you know, being down that that quick, they uh, tried to come back and tried to fight, but. You know, going into halftime, they ended up only down seven, 24 to 17. But one thing I want to bring up is they had 10 penalties. Wow. In the first half. Alabama? What? I tell Heath every week, I think Sal's trying to catch them. Yeah. They, they, uh, that's insane. You know, the coach always talks about playing with passion and you you can't fault the guys for penalties, but, Penalties aren't going to win games, uh, and and that that's what held them back, I think. But they kept fighting and fighting. Second half, they only had three penalties, so that's a lot better. But uh, Georgia Southern come out and scored a quick touchdown, so now it's thirty-one seventeen. So they're down a good bit. But late in the third quarter, South scores a touchdown, and uh, then fourth quarter starts and they score uh, some more points, and they go on a um, 17 unanswered point um, drive, yeah. Yeah. And and they end up coming back and winning the game 38-31. to So, it was very impressive and uh, just showed a lot of grit and fight from those guys. Uh, One thing I want to mention is uh, in the past, it seemed like their passing game has just been very good, and they got away from that in the last two games, and they've relied on uh, LaDamian Webb. Mm who has just been running the heck out of the football. He had 35 carries for 247 yards and four touchdowns. That's just outstanding. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, like you said, they had been throwing the ball a whole lot. Sometimes if it's not working or if a team's weakness is run or something, you have to adjust, and that's what good coaches do. That's what good teams do. You play to the other team. You're not beating your head against the wall saying, no, this is what we're going to do. No. You play to what your your strength is, but also what the other team's weakness is. So, I mean, really excited for South. Could easily be eight and one. No, they and could really could be undefeated. undefeated. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, so Webb actually only carried the ball a few times against Troy, and he got hurt, had to come out. So they had their, I think it was their third string running back playing most of the game, and they just couldn't run the ball. Heath was at the game, yeah. so. He knows firsthand. Uh, they just didn't make adjustments well. And it's surprising because the week prior, they played Louisiana Monroe, and the quarterback had like 463 yards passing. Uh, Boyson, Lacey, and Wayne all had over 100 yards receiving. So it, it's just surprising that they couldn't just repeat. Yeah, and talking about – I was actually at the Troy game. They could for sure be undefeated. You know, against UCLA, a team that's in the top 25, a suspect fake field goal attempt, you know, you know, you question do you go for it or, you know, what. That happens, but they definitely should have beat Troy. The quarterback puts a little air on one of his deep balls. I yeah, mean, they it, win that game. Yeah. 
and they're sitting eight and one. But you mentioned Ladanian Ladamian Webb; those numbers are insane. And you said towards the year they were more of a throwing team in these last couple of weeks. They've gotten into running the football, and I think when you when you're a passing team, and y'all can comment on this, when you're a passing team, do you think it makes your team more soft? And then when you're a running team and you can just absolutely dominate another man across from you. Because I say that because I'm, I'm not jumping ahead, but Alabama just seems soft these last two years. And I know we've become a passing team with Bryce. But you mentioned this right here. 35 rushes, 247 yards, and four touchdowns. Hey, they just kept feeding the man. I mean, he late in the game, he was breaking uh, through the hole and like not even getting touched and then breaking a tackle, spinning off people and getting like 40-yard runs. I mean, it just – they just kept handing it off and handing it off. And I've been waiting for Bama to kind of try to do that, get their running backs more involved. Yeah, it's not happening. Running the ball definitely makes you a more physical team just because just something as simple as when you're passing, obviously the ball is snapped and you're backing up and the defensive line is coming after you, right? When you're running the ball, you're firing off and you're the one that's attacking them and trying to drive them as far as you can down the field and drive them into the ground. Um, but you got a great quarterback. With Brown. I don't, don't want to get too much Alabama stuff. We'll get to that in a minute. But, yeah, I wish Alabama could do that like South did and say, hey, we're going to feed this guy. And, I mean, yeah, they fed him all right, and he, he rewarded them. And, and one thing I want to mention – this guy's 5'7", 210 pounds. Yeah, he's short, dude. Yeah. yeah. He's not very big, but he, man, he put the team on his back this week. But, man, you think 5'7", how much do you say he weighs? 210. Two, so, 5'7", but 210 pounds packed into five. Right. That's yeah. like a bowling ball. Yeah. That's hey, thick. He was bouncing off of people this week like a bowling ball. But one thing I want to mention real quick, um, at the end of the game, the coach, Coach Kane Womack, he he mentioned one thing that I thought was very interesting. This week, they had 31 players that had the flu. I saw that. 17 starters had the flu. None of them missed the game, but Webb was one of them. Yeah. He had the flu all week, so made for a weird preparation um, for the game. But, I mean, he just demolished. Flu game. Yeah, the yeah, flu, Michael flu Jordan game. flu game. There you go. I was to say that. But South Alabama, they're always our local shout-out. I know me and Steve, we're so, you know, proud of them. And they're just going to continue to do great things. This week they played Texas State. They're a 16-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Hopefully they can get the dub and finish the season out strong. Finish 10-2. and two. I know we'll be looking forward to that. But we're going to take a quick break and listen to our ad, and we'll come right back, and we'll hit on everything Auburn and Alabama football. All right, we're back. We're going to look at some Auburn and Alabama football. We'll start off with Auburn. Uh, first game after firing Brian Harson, um, Cadillac Williams, the former great Auburn running back, took over as the interim head coach. Don't know if that will be permanent in the future. I doubt it. But, um, you know, we thought going into this game they might show some fight for him, but they might – well, all the reports here you hear and read is that they didn't really like Carson. The players didn't like him, didn't respond well to him. We thought they'd go into this game and put up a good fight. I think most of us still picked all Mississippi State to win. Um, but it was a fight. I think it, actually Mississippi State pulled out to – I can't remember the exact score. 24-6. Yeah, 24-6 lead at half. So we thought, well, maybe they're not going to fight. Um, they came back. Forced overtime, Mississippi State did pull it out 39-33 to in overtime, but they showed a lot of fight, that's for sure. Yeah, they definitely showed a lot of fight. And I picked State, and I I picked the score 35-31. I thought it was going to be close because I really thought they were going to show a lot of fight, like you said. And the score was 24-6 to at halftime, and they interviewed Cadillac Williams going into halftime. And he said, Coach, you know, what adjustments? He said, we're going to fight. He said, I promise you I'm going to go in there and we're going to fight coming out. And fight they did. You know, they came all the way back and tied it up. This is hilarious. They had Mike Leach on the sideline folding up the <laughs> players' chairs because he said they didn't deserve to sit down. And here's a legendary Mike Leach coach. Mike Leach, quote, the head coach of Mississippi State, he said that he's always janking his players. He said them about being scared of the Alabama jersey. And he said this about his players. He said his players would rather not fight for a first down and go – 
sit under a shade tree and eat a fish sandwich and drink a lemonade with his, their fat girlfriends. That's what <laughs> Auburn made Mike Leach say. So I said all that to say they really fought. They showed a lot of effort for Cadillac Williams. David, what do you think? Uh, one thing that really stands out to me um, with the with the stat line uh, is penalties. Again, uh, I'm always harping on it with uh, with South and and with Alabama. Uh, Auburn had 14 penalties in that game. Uh, Mississippi State only had five, so that's a big stat line difference that may have cost them the game. Uh, and, and all the posts that I've been seeing lately uh, just from this week uh, and this weekend were nothing but positive, even though it was a loss from Auburn. Uh, yeah. It just seemed yeah. like anytime something went wrong, Parsons was just like on the sideline shaking his head, arms crossed, just just not engaged with his players, not hyping them up, not telling them, hey, it's all right, we, we'll get it on the next drive. Uh, it, from what I saw, it seemed like Cadillac really did a good job of, of doing that and being that for his players. Yeah, he did. He he brought a lot of energy, and you you just made a great point. Sometimes as a coach, it's not about chewing your players out because they already feel bad. Sometimes with these younger guys, you just got to come, hey, put your arm around them, say, hey, you know, we'll get them next time. All you got to do is battle. We got road down here. A couple rumors for the Auburn job is Oregon's head coach, Dan Lanning, who was the D.C. at Georgia last year. Dan Lanning, he's rumored to be interested in the Auburn job. What do y'all make of yeah, this? I, I don't know. I think it's somebody who just wanted to – they didn't know what to write, and they had a deadline to get in an article. And so they're like, hey, I heard, you know, air quotes, heard that there's uh, interest between – I mean, maybe there's interest from Auburn, but I don't know about uh, Dan Lanning because – uh, I said right before the podcast, how horrible would that make Oregon look? That they're what are they eight and one right now? Yeah, eight and one number five or sixteen. No, yeah, they'll probably the, be seven in the country. Or six, have nine. a very good jo- chance of making the playoffs. Um, and then I don't, I don't think he's leaving. Um, I know a lot of people are throwing around Lane Kiffin, Deion Sanders. Um, I don't know if Bill O'Brien's seriously being considered, but I sure hope so. Um, <laughs> He but is. He was on one of their top five lists. Is he? Yeah. Um, and honestly, I, I think it's an extremely long shot, but I think they should, and depending on how he finishes out the season, give Cadillac maybe some – A legit shot. Legit shot because who is going to try hard – I mean, he's a former Auburn great. Yeah. Played in the NFL, knows what it takes to win. Um, what more do you want? You know he's going to work hard for the program. And kids are gonna be drawn to him because he's a former player. He's not just saying he know he knows what they're going through. He knows, you know, wh- how they need to handle things and that type of stuff. So I think they should give him a serious look for sure. Yeah, Auburn is playing Texas A and M this week, and let's give our predictions real quick. I I'm torn on this game. This is a very difficult game to pick because Texas A and M last week. I actually picked Texas A and M to beat Florida last week, but. You know, who knew their whole – half their whole team was going to be out with the flu, kind of like South Alabama, but their guys didn't play. So, if all their guys come back, I got Texas A&M. Uh, low, low scoring game. I think Auburn's going to keep it close. So, I got Texas A&M 24-21. to 21. David? Um, I think it could make it interesting, guys, if Auburn can limit their penalties – uh, instead of playing again like like this past week, 14 penalties is going to kill you. I think, really, if if they would have lessened those this week, they might have got a win. Potentially, come off that win, get another one here, yeah. and then go play uh, Western Kentucky and get another win, mm. and then maybe lose to Bama at the end of the year and be six and seven, right? And yeah. and, and make a bowl game. I don't know. Now it's kind of probably not going to happen. But I feel like these players are excited for Cadillac yeah. being there, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Auburn. Uh, it's going to be a close game, but I think they're gonna they're gonna pull it out. Yeah, I actually, I I mean, I somewhat agree with you. I'm like fifty fifty on this game. I just went Texas A&M just because if that five star fresh now if Haynes King plays, give me Auburn all day. 
Auburn really did run the ball really well. They finally did what we kind of said. They gave the ball to Tank Bisbee. Yeah. Um, they only had 13 carries, but overall as a team, they ran the ball 46 times for 256 yards. Um, and it also depends on A&M, are they getting all those players back? Are they still going to be demolished by injuries, sickness, suspensions for smoking weed in the locker room after a game? Um so, who knows? But, yeah, I'm going to go with Auburn because, um, you know, like y'all said, uh, their defense typically has been good, but it has been very susceptible to the run. Ole Miss ran it down their throat. Now, Auburn doesn't run as well as Ole Miss. But um, I think with uh, Harson gone, I think they're going to feature – that's what Harson didn't do very well, feature Robbie Ashford in the run game. I mean, that's what he – that's what he does, you know, and play to his strengths and then let him pass off of the run. Um, so I think it's going to be a low-scoring game because they're going to be running the ball a lot. Um, so I, I have Auburn winning 28-24, so I don't have it getting in the 30s. Yeah, I could definitely see that happen. This is definitely a toss game. But let's roll into the game I think that we are very excited to talk about. Another close loss, a disappointing loss for Alabama. Alabama loses 32-31 to in overtime to LSU. Matt, you were right. Owe you a dinner, I guess. McNuggets. I definitely didn't think you were going to be right, but you were right. Alabama loses 32-31. to Let's give our thoughts on the game, and I'll start with David. I'll let you start, then go Steven, and I'll get it on. Well, I think you guys might have a little better insight on the entire game. I missed part of it. Um mainly the first quarter and uh, a good bit of the second quarter. Um, guys, Bama, I don't want to say dominated that game, but when you look at the stat line, they had almost 100 yards more. Uh, and what that could have been is that pick early in the game uh, yeah. Yeah. Messed, that, messed that up and skewed that stat line. Um, but there's just no creativity on the offensive side of the ball. Zero. You know, they've got problems. I don't know how you have arguably the best quarterback in the country and can't throw the ball effectively. These receivers, Alabama has top-level talent. They they, they do. Not as good as the past couple years, but they are top-rated talent. And you just have to have the right scheme, the right routes – you know, cross routes, rub routes, slants, uh, screens. Just get the ball out quick. Uh, just take what the defense is going to give you. And they just aren't capitalizing on that. Uh, and then just the defensive side of the ball, I don't know what was going on. They left the middle of the field open all night. It seemed like if they wanted to run the ball, LSU, they could just run it up the middle. Linebackers were not there. Uh, DBs, come on, guys. I don't know how many picks they could have had if they just turned their head. I mean, find the ball. Find the ball. You know it's coming. Just even, not even effective as sticking your hand in their face and and just meeting at the point of contact with the receiver. It's almost embarrassing, guys. Yeah, um, I'll start off with the defense because I have way more to say about the offense. Overall, not horrible outing by the defense. When you hold, don't let them off the hook, dude. I, I'm, I'm gonna get to them in a second. So when you hold LSU to only seven first half points, when half of their drives, I would say, I don't have the exact number. I probably half of their drives started around the 50 yard line in the first half because the offense was terrible and they kept punting from deep. And then um, so. Between the 40 and 40, you know, very good field position for half of their drives, and they held them to seven points, and it was on a, a busted play. First half good, and then LSU went into the half, made adjustments. They come out, and no adjustments are made. They, I, I just don't understand. It seems like the defense, they have a ton of veteran players, ton of veteran players ton of talent, but whether it's the call or them not executing the call, it seems like they fall apart, not fall apart, but they give up one or two plays due to mental errors 
at the worst possible time. When they have to have a stop, they cannot stop anybody. Yeah, and it goes back. I can't remember what article I was reading. Who uh, was was talking? It goes back. They don't have the killer mindset because teams of old, they were like, "Look, this is the fourth quarter." You know, everybody, everybody, they got it. Seems like they got it from Alabama. Everybody holds up the four when the fourth quarter comes. Mm-hmm. That used to be because Alabama, when it got to the fourth quarter, if it was a close game, you used to not hardly ever question it because you knew, okay, this is when. I mean, they were intense before. This is really when they turn up and they're like, "Look, we're gonna." dominate you for the rest of the 15 minutes of this game. And this team, both sides of the ball, does not have it. Does not have it. Um, and they just they just get in their heads so much. Because, I mean, Jaden Daniel, he wasn't spectacular, right? I mean, he threw for 182 yards on 31 passes. I mean, if you look at the stats, his average yards per attempt was only 5.7 yards, right? He had two touchdowns, no interceptions. He had 18 carries for 95 yards. So he wasn't like – which is what we expected, right? We expect him, you know, under 200 yards passing. He's a runner. That's what he does. He's going to get his yards. But they just fall apart at the worst possible time. One thing I'm going to say is uh, there were plenty of plays where LSU is running the football at the line of scrimmage. They get met by somebody – and there's a weak arm tackle. They're not physical. I mean, let's just call it what it is. And I'm just going to hit on the defense, Stephen. I'll to give it back to you. Little, you little, can hit on the offense. Dots and puppies. It's ridiculous. So, you said it right. The first half defense was great. What did the defense do? Did they go in at halftime and say, okay, go on. We only gave it one touchdown in the first half. They can't make adjustments. Are you kidding me? LSU scored on four out of their five possessions. After halftime, we did not stop them in the second half. This defense, like David said, they can't tackle. They'd have a guy there, missed tackle, blown coverages. Third down, you have Oates as your quarterback spy. That dude weighs like 400 pounds. How is he supposed to tackle Jaden Daniels? Yeah. Do you remember that play? And Jake yeah. Daniels runs for like 30 yards. You yeah. can't tackle him if you're not close. This is the first, actually, the first game me and Stevens actually watched together. This, this year, it was pretty fun. So, and then, okay, here we go. We score, and this is what I said, we can't get a stop. We score in overtime. I know everybody was watching, I was watching with you two. We're all, yeah, let's go. We're getting hyped. We're excited. And then the first play of overtime, you let Jaden Daniels run for 25 yards and a touchdown? Yeah, and that's been that's been their game plan the whole second half to get him more involved in read options and rolling Even out outside. and running. What, I mean, what are you doing? Like y'all said, they don't turn around. Pete Golden, jump ahead. Your time has come. It's time for you to pack your bags. Steven, get, hit on the offense. And then so I'll I have a offense. big, written in big letters, Bill, in all caps, sucks. <laughs> Bill O'Brien sucks. Let me let me give you this. I looked up the stats, on, and this isn't just some Wikipedia page. This is like NCAA.com that gives the stats for all 132. I think it goes all the way 132, something like that. LSU, I'll do LSU offense real quick. They're 45th in passing, 45th in red zone, 42nd in rushing, 30th in scoring, 32nd in total offense. Their defense, third down defense, 67th. Alabama went 6 for 16 on third down, 37%. Their passing defense, 54th. Bryce threw for 328 yards, but he threw 51 passes, only completed 25. That's a 49% completion percentage. That's atrocious. Rushing defense, 63rd. We ran the ball only 30 times. Well, actually, some of those are included a couple sacks, so they include that. So really only like 28 times, 137 yards, two touchdowns, 4.6 yards per carry. So not a terrible yards per carry, but – Against the 63rd rushing defense, you'd like to see more runs. Scoring. They're 39th in scoring defense. Scored 31 points. Took us till overtime to do that. And their total defense for the year is 44th. Now, statistics can be deceiving sometimes, but when you're nine games into the season, it gives a good idea of how good a team is. I don't have them here. I'm not going to go through all of them. But if you look at Alabama's offense and defense in every category – 
LSU is not close to them in any category. Not one single category. Penalties. <laughs> yeah, well, Alabama Alabama's way worse than them in penalties. Um, this it, I have wrote down also, so he, like Ethan said, we were watching the game together. How many times did Alabama get up to the line of scrimmage and we say, this is what play is coming, and they ran that exact play, or this is what route's coming, and they ran that route. Or even before they got, they said, I was sitting up, they were going to go this formation, and they got in that formation. This is me and he. We don't get paid tons of money to watch hours upon hours upon hours of film to learn how to stop Alabama's offense. We just we're fans that watch it on Saturdays, watch some highlights, might maybe watch the replay once or twice, but we're not watching hours upon hours of film, and we are sitting there calling out their plays. So let's it, use some common sense. A defensive coordinator that does it for a living is going to know what is coming. It's absolutely unacceptable at the University of Alabama. And this is why, and I know, and David could probably speak of this because he's really a Wisconsin fan and a South Alabama fan. And I know a lot of people say Alabama fans are have high expectations and stuff. But to me, it comes from, and I think everybody could agree, Alabama's probably a top two most talented team in the country. Just talent-wise, you look at Bryce Young, probably the best quarterback in the country. Yeah. Jameer Gibbs, probably one of the best backs in the country. You know, Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, all that. So, you're telling me the best quarterback in the country, he didn't – Alabama didn't score a touchdown in the third quarter against Mississippi State. Didn't score a touchdown in the fourth quarter against Mississippi State. Didn't score a touchdown in the first quarter of LSU – didn't score a touchdown in the second quarter against LSU. Didn't score a touchdown in the third quarter against LSU. That is five quarters where you don't score a touchdown with the best quarterback and one of the best running backs in the country. In the history of Alabama, you could argue that Bryce is the best quarterback. There's an argument to be made. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. One, one can, you could argue, you could have that. Yeah. You could definitely have that. Since argument. Saban's been there, you could also argue Gibbs is the best. Explosive overall running back Saban's ever had. Yeah, at Bama. But I think numbers can kind of be deceiving because Bryce Young, they have built the offense around Bryce. All they do is throw, and that's what I was kind of hinting towards. Our physicality in the run game is very non-existent. The first drive of the game, we walk right down the field, couldn't be stopped. Bryce Young, and I'm not here to blame Bryce Young for anything. He has been great for Alabama this year, so I think it's irresponsible if you try to blame everything on him. He tried to be Superman. He made a bad throw. Got interception. Got intercepted. The next three drives, we go three and out. David, Steven, how many times did we run the ball on those nine plays when we went three and out, three straight drives? Oh, not one. Not, yeah, not one. One. Not one. I mean, we're all looking at each other right now just like, like, are you kidding me? You don't run the ball? 63rd rushing defense. 63rd rushing defense. And Saban says, well, we were backed up in our own end zone. Timeout, timeout. What's if, I got to do with it? If you're backed up, that normally means you do run the ball. Does it not? Yeah, unless you're on the – yeah, normally you do. Even normally if you're on the you one-yard line, unless, you run the ball. Unless you're what? Unless you're down in the last two minutes of the game and you got to go score, right? Right. We're second in the country in rushing yards per carry – but I believe that we're 87th in rushing attempts per game. Yeah. And then let me hit this last thing, and I'll give it to you all, and we'll keep going because we're wasting all the time. Alabama's receivers, Bill O'Brien, Steven said it best, David said it good. Bill O'Brien, not creative. It's not good. I don't know how many times we sat there and said, oh, they're about to run halfback angle, and they ran it and threw it to the running back. Alabama's receivers, it's unacceptable. We blame a lot of stuff on Bill O'Brien, but – can I ask y'all, how can – the quarterback didn't change last year. Bryce Young was the quarterback last year. Jamison Williams had 79 catches for 1,600 yards and 15 touchdowns. Mechie had 96 catches, 1,200 yards, and eight touchdowns. How can you go from that to your leading receiver hat right now has 28 catches, 473 yards, and five touchdowns? So, at some point, we got to put this responsibility 50-50 on the receivers – and Bryce, a lot of times the guys are open and Bryce was missing them. But to me, everybody's got to take responsibility. You can go ahead, David. Um, yeah. Uh, one thing I want to mention, and I could be wrong, but it just seems like 
these receivers aren't getting open. But one thing I want to point out, there was one play uh, late in the game. Bryce should have been sacked. He's scrambling for his life on third down. And Brooks just runs towards the end zone and, and they end up throwing a touchdown. If you look at that play as it's developing, downfield the receivers are standing there. You got a quarterback who's scrambling for his life. You got to come back to the quarterback. It's it's a scramble drill. Come back to the quarterback. Find an open lane. Yeah, the philosophy on the scramble drill: if you have a deep route, you run short, and if you had a short route, you run deep, and there's you should be open. But but if you look at it, there were two receivers standing right next to each other. They're yeah. not they moving each other. Yeah, it was it was very strange. I'm surprised that that. Um, Bryce was able to find Brooks and and score that touchdown, but it just seems like all year they're they're not really getting open. I don't know if it's the way they run their routes, if they're not putting good uh, fakes, putting that good foot in the ground to to make a guy bite or what. Uh, just giving up on routes, maybe I don't know. Uh, Bryce did make a few bad throws. There was one right there on the goal line. Um, I know we were a little worried it might have got picked off uh, late in the game but it was on his back hip uh, when he threw it. If you lead the guy, that's a touchdown. Uh, so, yeah. you know, Bryce wasn't perfect, but um, he needs more help Yeah, his and, receivers. And I know I, I place a lot of blame on Bill. Bryce didn't have a great game. There were plays that the guy was open. Yeah, He just didn't throw up. Now he was under pressure a, a ton. So there wasn't many times that he had an absolutely clean pocket and just didn't make the throw. Um, so, but even – there was a lot of times watching the plays, it's like everybody, every single route was deep. You know, normally there's a there's maybe one or two guys go deep, but then you got to have levels to it, right? <laughs> make um, some adjustments. You should. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah and that's what – how do you just drive down the field, cannot be stopped, look like you're going to walk the dog on this team on the first drive. Bryce makes a bad throw, okay. Then the whole rest of the half, you can't move the ball. Now, obviously, defense, LSU made adjustments – Okay, make adjustments to their adjustments. You got Bryce Young, you got Gibbs, you have talent, McClellan. Um, it, it, I just don't understand it. You know, it's weird. Uh, we're talking about making adjustments. Um, LSU did bring a lot of pressure. Uh, they were in the backfield a lot, and, and Bryce was able to escape that. Uh, and, and sometimes they'd get completed, and sometimes they wouldn't. Um, that's where you have to make adjustments and get the ball out of his hand very quick. They can get the ball to Gibbs very quickly out of the backfield, just a little dump to the side, and and he can make so many people miss. He is so deadly of a player in open space. And that's the thing, though. Like teams, the past two years, I feel like have blitzed our offense way more than normal. Maybe because of Bryce Young, because of because he's, of Bryce. He's short. He's short, but also, I think they know Bill's offense isn't creative. Like when teams blitz you and they play straight man-to-man across the board, it should be extremely easy for to, you know, like you said, pick plays, rub plays to get a guy open. But don't he, do they don't do any of this. Like, I'm just going to trust that this guy that runs a 4-7-40 is going to get open. They just don't do anything. If they run a 4-7-40, they don't need to be playing. I did look up Brooks's. Forty in high school, four six. It was like four six, four seven. Yeah, and y'all no, mentioned maybe he got they, faster. I don't know. They blitz a lot. Of course, they blitz a lot because they know that Bryce is going to get sacked before the receivers even turn their head because they're running go routes the whole time. Like David said, the the dump off is right there, and you should have a guy running a hot route. So, do we think it's talent or coaching? I think we kind of already hit on that one. Yeah, I think it's more coaching to me. Okay, more more. Co- I mean, obviously. The players got to execute. To me, it's 50 yeah. um, But I would say more coaching. And I don't know how they result. Because, you know, after uh, the Tennessee loss, people, Saban and Will Anderson, they were like, yeah, we just, we go, and we have anxiety. We just try to. Well, I don't know. I don't think anxiety can be coached out. If you're anxious, you're just anxious. I mean, maybe preparation and knowing exactly what you're doing and being confident in what you're doing, then you're not. You're not thinking. You're just playing the game fast. You're not thinking, oh, I don't. I need to do this so I don't mess up. Like, no, you know what to do. Just play. Um, it's just because, look, a lot of people are saying 
look, guys, they could easily be undefeated. That's two plays versus Tennessee and one versus LSU. Yeah, they could, but guess what? They also could easily be five and four right now. Yep. Like one play versus Texas, one play versus Texas A&M. Five and four they could be right now. Four games have come down to the last play. Texas, uh, Will Rocker made the kick, what, 15 seconds left? Yeah, and Texas missed the extra point. Texas that would have extra tied point. it up, sent it overtime. Who knows what would have happened. Their quarterback got knocked out, too. Texas A&M had the ball at the two-yard line with a chance to win it. Tennessee beat us. Texas A&M or LSU. LSU beat us. So, changes are coming. We assume. Please. I, I would just say that they have to come. And, and I have a question that's not on here, but people keep saying, you keep hearing the dynasty's dead, the dynasty's dead. And I'm not one to, you know, say that. I think Alabama's expectations are so high, and it's because the talent is so high. You can't – we talked about South Alabama earlier in the show, David. And, dude, I'm, like, legit pumped at South Alabama 72. That's great for, like, a program for South Alabama. Yeah. But if South Alabama had the talent that Alabama had and they were 72, it's disappointing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I guess you can kind of look at it um, similar to, like, the ULM game. Bama destroyed ULM. So, South's nowhere on that level right. um, of talent. Um, one thing I'm going to bring up, I, I could be wrong, but do you guys think the NIL stuff is affecting these players? And I'm going to use a word. It's called hungry. The team just doesn't seem hungry. And I've actually got a quote that I found Um this week, former uh, receiver Mike McCoy, he said, you know what's wrong with the, with the guys mm. that we got on this team? These NIL deals, these boys are no longer hungry. David, oh, man, you just opened up a can. We can go on for hours talking about this because everybody I've talked to say the same thing. To me, it's NIL plus the transfer portal. You got to think. These guys that have been there as freshmen, they've worked their way. And normally when you're a junior, what do you expect to do? You expect to play, don't you? Yeah. If you've worked your butt off, you expect to play. And to think all these receivers have worked their butt off and then you get a clown like Jermaine Burton come in. I'm sure Jermaine Burton got NIL. He's terrible. He's terrible. And they play him. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't draft him. He hadn't shown no, anything. He's, not. That's not, he's coming back. He has to. He has to. And, like, Steen comes in. And I know people are like, well, you know, if they were good enough, you wouldn't have to get transfers. I mean, it's not true. You don't think Georgia, everybody in here, you don't think Georgia could have got Jordan Addison to be better at receiver? Yeah. You don't think they could have got a better quarterback than Stetson Bennett? Absolutely. But it hurts your team chemistry. I think that's spot on with the NIL and transfer. I'll let Steven hit on that. I think it's, I think the transfers and NIL is killing Alabama. Yeah, um, like it, obviously it worked last year with Jamison Williams. Obviously it worked with Gibbs coming in, but did it work with Toto? I, no, he's not a he's he's a I don't know he's 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 not consistent. He's he's a like we said several weeks ago. He's a fake dog. He's a little little puppy, little purse poodle. You know, the rich women carry around in their little bags. He's you know, not a dog. You know who would be in his spot right now? Drew, Drew Sanders. Drew Sanders. Yep. Dominating in Arkansas. He's going to be a first-round pick. Yeah, so uh, changes have to come at coordinator. Um, if it had to be, I mean, who was – I think Josh Pate, he reports, um, reporter, uh, uh, CBS, he said he pretty much – Guaranteed, said I guarantee you from what I'm hearing, there are huge changes coming at coach uh, for coaches at Alabama. Um, obviously, that's not saving, but that's more than likely both coordinators, maybe some position coaches. Um, yeah, he, he, he made clean house. Um, like we said earlier in the podcast, Georgia looks like the new Alabama, uh, and they look hungry. They are playing um, the way Saban has set the standard for years. I actually found another quote from a former receiver 
Marquise Mays. Mm. This was his reaction oh, yeah, to the I, LSU loss. I love it. It says, we lost three games in one season with one of the most talented teams in Alabama history in 2010. I definitely don't think the dynasty is over. I do believe we need to get more people in the program that understand the standard besides Nick Saban. And I think that starts with his coaches. I think it starts with the coaches, and I think that's also talking about these transfers coming in that are juniors. They're like one-year free agents, basically. Yeah, They haven't put in the time, like I said, when you come in as a freshman, the things you have to do, the fourth-quarter program that Scott Cochran used to implement. And that's another thing I want to hit on, and we're going we're gonna to go wrap it up quick. Scott Cochran, I don't know where he's at right now. Is he at Georgia? I know he went He was, and he left for mental health. I well, think he's back, maybe. Hopefully I his can't mental remember. health is better, and maybe Saban needs to bring him back. Because to me, the physicality compared to when we had him is gone. I think it starts in the line of scrimmages. That's what used to separate Alabama from these other schools. It wasn't the skill position. It was the offensive and defensive line, and that's what Georgia has. Yeah, I that's think, not comparable. I think a lot of it also is because we've seen the past, what, four years at Bama, five years – they don't keep coaches long. So, I think a lot of coaches coming in, they know, hey, I'm going to be here one or two years, I'm going. I'm going to be here one or two years. Kirby. And if they do when they, keep them long, like Pete Golden, it's probably because they're trash. Yeah. Um, Kirby was at Bama for a long time. They, the coach, Scott Cochran, was at Bama for a long time. And, and one thing about Kirby, he's followed Saban. Yeah. He, he's been with Saban a long time, not just Bama. Yeah. Uh, so he, he's been studying under him for a long time. And that's – Saban really needs to look at these coaches. I, I, I think Bama is soft. Absolutely. But I think that may be coming from the coaches too because if, if, if they're not teaching that dog mentality mm. on the defense and offensive side of the ball, then your players aren't going to play like that. Um, I, I think he really needs to find some coaches that share his standard and can spread that across to his players effectively. Yeah, and I had a quick question. So, LSU holds the lead in the SEC West now. A lot can happen, but more than likely, LSU is going to be playing Georgia in the SEC Championship. Can LSU stand toe-to-toe with Georgia? I don't think so. What do you have, Heath? You know what? I crack jokes to LSU fans smell like corn dogs. I say stuff like that just being funny. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see it. I really would. But, I, I mean, I I don't think so. Just because I don't think Jaden Daniels is, can throw the ball what it takes to beat Georgia. Yeah. I mean, anybody can lose on any given day. Things have to fall in place. But I don't think I, – I don't think – because this is why. And I'm not saying this because, oh, I'm mad we lost. Even if Alabama played them, I think they – curb stomp them. Um, Alabama wouldn't stand a chance against Georgia this year. I don't think LSU does either just because Alabama's not elite, and it took LSU having Bryce Young have his worst game, one of his worst games at Bama. Alabama gave up 92 yards in penalties, looking horrible, and it still took them going to overtime to win by one. Uh, Georgia is light years ahead of Alabama this year. So, I don't think it's even close. Obviously, anything can happen, but if Georgia plays motivated like they have all year, they have close games against Missouri and Kent State, but if they look anywhere close to how they did versus Tennessee, they'd beat them by 30 points. Yeah, Georgia's B-minus game could probably beat LSU's A game. If LSU wants to win – they literally would have to play absolutely perfect, and it would have to be something where – And hope yeah, Georgia still play like C+. Stetson Bennett, like, really screws up and throws a couple of pick sixes or something. But let's take a quick break, and we're going to come up, and we'll, we're going to break down the upcoming games this week. we got some big games, so stay with us. All right, we're back. Let's go over these upcoming games, and 
I'll let David start off each game, and then Steven and I'll bring up the rear. First game, let's do number four, TCU at 18, Texas. Texas is a seven-point favorite. David? Well, TCU's been playing uh, pretty well this year. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb on this game. I'm going to say TCU gets the upset. Yep. They're undefeated. Top, they yeah. look good. Um, it's crazy to say it's an upset. But yeah, it, it is. Off the point based on the spread, spread. Based, right? You got to score, or you don't have to if you don't want. Uh, to. <clears throat> I'm gonna go close game. Let's go 32 to 28. It's close to my score. I actually have. I'm gonna have Texas winning. Um, it's funny to say that it's not an upset based on the spread, but I think at Texas. If they make it, I don't think they will because it's just like they wanted so bad to beat Alabama. I don't know if they'll make it as big as the Alabama game, but I still think they make it big. I mean, it's undefeated team, fourth team in the country coming in. Um, this is AP polls. I don't, we don't know what the rankings will be because we're doing this on Tuesday. They had not came out yet. Anyway, I have Texas winning 35-28. to 28. Yeah, I also got Texas winning. I think Steve Sarkeesian finally gets that huge game the momentum game to really bring that Texas to the next level. I can see him storming the field. Give me Texas, 42-38. to 38. Quentin Johnson, TCU's potential first-round top-10 pick. I, he got hurt Saturday. I'm not sure if he's going to play. If he don't play, I got Texas. TCU cannot continue to me. I don't know if they're going to lose this week, but they cannot continue to fall behind to these good teams because they got Baylor next week, so I don't think they're going to do it. Next game, number seven, LSU at Arkansas. LSU is only a three-point favorite. That is absolutely insane. Uh, yeah, that's going off uh, ESPN. only has them as a three-point favorite. And Arkansas just got beat by Liberty. Yeah. David? Yeah, I, I mean, after this week's game against Bama, I think LSU is just going to ride the momentum and, and probably – Easily win this by by double digits. Um, I don't know if LSU is going to be in the forties, but I, I'll go thirty-eight to twenty-one. Close again. I have LSU winning. Also, uh, I have thirty-eight to twenty-eight. I think um, maybe Arkansas takes advantage of that sixty-third ranked rushing defense that Alabama did not. Um, so I have 38-28 LSU winning. I got LSU winning. I just think they're too good. They're too talented. I'm just going to continue to bring up Stephen was really high on Arkansas. Look, <laughs> man, they had a player. Their the quarterback season, got hurt. At the start of the season. So give me LSU. I think they actually win big. I got 38-21. to 21. Give me LSU. Next game, number one, Georgia at Mississippi State. Georgia is only a 16-and-a-half-point favorite. That's absolutely crazy. David, who you got? Um, I mean, there's a clear favorite here. I mean, Georgia's going to probably get an easy win here uh, unless something crazy happens. But but I, I think they're easily going to cover that that um, spread there. I'm going to pick 42-21. to 21. Yeah, I think Georgia win. You said 42-21. And we're close on all of them. Uh, I have Georgia winning uh, two, obviously, 41-24. I just think they they dominate. Um, Like we said, they're going to be focused. Kirby's got them right. 41-24. Will Rogers is a good quarterback, but it's just not going to be enough. A-Raid just has not – you know, since they've been in the SEC, it hasn't done well. So, I have 41-24, Georgia. I got Georgia just beating the brakes off Mississippi State. I don't think Mississippi State is very good. Give me Georgia really big. Uh, 45 to – I mean, Tennessee didn't even score a touchdown until late. So, 45 to 10, I got Georgia. In the last game, we can talk about this one, I guess, for just a little bit. Alabama at Ole Miss. Bama, a 12-point favorite, really high for me, David. This is a tough one. Uh, I think it really depends on what Bama team shows up. If if it's a Bama team that just feels like, hey, we're down and out, uh, 
you know, what's the point? Um, I think Ole Miss could could get this win. One thing is uh, Ole Miss runs the ball very well, uh, and that kind of scares me a little bit, um, especially after this past week seeing a lot of open uh, field up the middle and a lot of weak arm tackles. I, I am going to pick Bama. I, I think they're going to come back and, uh, and and do this one for Nick um, and maybe get a, a good game plan. I, I think – I really do think Bama might cover this cover this spread. Uh, I'm going to pick – let's go 38 to 21. Yeah, that's a good pick. I – I don't know the 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 spread just blows my mind to be honest because it's if That's it was at home okay maybe twelve point spread what the Alabama just gave up or had nine nine penalties for ninety two yards against LSU that's the least penalties they've had on the road I believe Texas was fifteen Arkansas was ten Tennessee was seventeen and then LSU nine penalties so. They're probably going to be around 9, 10, 11 penalties. Um, and, again, do they come out? Because they're not going to make the playoffs. Um, I mean, heck no. Nah. So much would have to happen. It's, it's impossible. Um, and, uh, I mean, and, I, what, and I'll give my prediction. I have a question real quick. So, I have, I, I'm going to have Ole Miss winning because I don't think they come. I just don't think they come out motivated. I don't think if they couldn't show intensity – and not be anxious and have anxiety on the road when they were competing, hoping to go compete for a national title. I don't know if they can do that now. So I'm going to have Ole Miss winning 31-28. to 28. I could definitely see that happening. My thing, what Alabama team are you going to get? Because it, it really makes no sense how crazy different they are on the road. Compared to at home, the offense doesn't look as good on the road. Neither does the defense. So, I'm going to pick Alabama just strictly because I just I think LSU has more talent has more talent than Ole Miss did on the defensive side of the ball. I think they can pressure the quarterback better. I, I believe Ole Miss is just going to blitz and blitz and blitz and hope Bryce Young is off. They should, yeah. It's early in the week when we're making these predictions. I'm interested to see who's out for Alabama. All you heard the week in the bye week and the week leading up to LSU, you heard Alabama players saying, we're locked in. We know what we have to do. Nick Saban said they had a great week at practice. I am so sick of hearing that junk because you know what it it does on the field? Nothing. You just go out there and lose. Yeah, it doesn't show it. It doesn't show it. Like So I would hate to see if they had an average week of practice, did the, did what the, these guys would look like. Did the coaches have a great week of practice, too? I don't know. <laughs> They're sleeping on the job. I mean, it's coaching mile practice out there. So, Ole Miss can really run the ball. And I think we'll all be able to tell really early on in this game what kind of game it's going to be. If Ole Miss can come out and run the ball in the first quarter, Alabama's losing. And Ole Miss can run the football. If yeah. Ole Miss can come and push Alabama around, they're going to lose – and to me personally, if Bryce Young isn't 100%, and that's what people keep saying, you know, he comes and does what he does against Tennessee, and then if he has a bad game, people say he's hurt. If the man's hurt, he don't need to play. I mean, the season is over. He has done everything he can for this Alabama program. If he's hurt, dude, just sit out. I mean, there is no sense in going out there and further hurting yourself. But I do – I have Alabama, I think – Bryce Young can dig down. Maybe they feature Gibbs. I don't know. Give me Alabama 38-35. I'm not confident at all. Yeah, and that was actually my question is, does Bryce Young, whether it's him or the coaches, do they need to say, look, you got an NFL future. You need to heal up. Say, look, you're done for the season. And let's start developing the two-quarter Milrow and Simpson that we have here and seeing what we got with them and developing some chemistry with these receivers. That's a possibility. Um, I was talking to our father-in-law this weekend, and, and he mentioned that, uh, Mr. Jeff, he, he was saying he's really interested in seeing if some of these key players that are bound for the NFL, if they're going to, you know, hey, 
you know, we've got a future on the line and they're not going to play. Um, something in me doesn't see Bryce doing that. Um, I, I, I he he loves to play and he wants to win. I don't want to say Alabama is – I don't want to say they still have a chance. No, they're done. If by a miracle LSU loses twice, twice they could still – be in the hunt. And they would have to win out. They, they would have be, to. They would have to be Georgia. Well, I'm saying to, to go to, <laughs> to, go to, go to the championship, championship. Yes, to go to the SEC championship game. I mean, they're, they're technically not out of it. Some major things have to happen. You know, LSU wins this week. Hey, yeah, sure. Maybe, maybe the next week they sit out. But I still think there's a potential. It's very slim. So I, I don't see them sitting out this week. I think, I think they're going to try to win this one. Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, I think if LSU wins this week, then the rest, well, the rest of the season, the other two games in the bowl game, they need to say, you know, you're done, get healthy, we're going to start getting these other guys ready for next season. Yeah, the the polls just released Georgia number one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, TCU four, Tennessee five, Oregon six, LSU seven. I'm not sure who's eight. USC eight, Bama nine, Clemson ten. I thought they would definitely drop them out of the top ten. So that's it for the picks. We're gonna do this real quick. Let's give our top four playoff predictions for the end of the season. Not right now. We don't really care about right now. The end of the season. This week really clarified a lot. For teams like Clemson and Alabama, David, you've been going first all night. Let's get your top four. Let's see what you got. Well, I think uh, I think Georgia's going to win out, and they're just going to keep that number one spot. Um, I, I also think Ohio State's going to win out. Uh, they're going to have a tough game against Michigan. I believe Illinois is the number one team in the West. They've looked pretty good, you know, with one loss, but I, I just don't think – Anybody has anything for Ohio State uh, in the Big Ten, so I think they're going to be number two. And I, I, you know, I picked TCU to beat Texas, so I got to put them at three. And I think Tennessee is going to squeak in that four spot. So who'd you have again? I'm sorry, I was making sure I had mine. Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, and Tennessee. Wow. So mine's close. I have Georgia winning out, Ohio State winning out, beating Michigan, knocking them out that I have, since I just picked TCU to lose to Texas, I have Oregon winning out and going to be in that three spot, which would give way for Tennessee to come in at number four, Georgia versus Tennessee in the first round because they don't want to see an all-SEC national championship again. Um, so I see that. And then I see I see Georgia and Ohio. It would be interesting to see Georgia and Oregon in the national championship after <laughs> Bo Nix's <laughs> oh, comments. Wow. Oh, Lord, um, Lord. But I don't see that happening. I think it's going to be Georgia and Ohio State in the national title game. I are we all have the same top two: Georgia one, Ohio State two. I actually have Tennessee three for the because op- I don't think that they want to put Georgia Tennessee first round again. Maybe they will, but I got Tennessee three, and I got the winner of the Pac-12 at four. So that's either USC or Oregon. If I had to pick right now, I would go with Oregon. So, Oregon versus Georgia rematch. Man, I don't wow. know. I, I, yeah, wow is the right word. Cause but I think I, they how would do you want, make us think in rematch when the team got beat 49-3? to I think they would – well, that's think, the only thing. Because the first round, you'd be guaranteed there would be a rematch. You don't know for sure if Oregon would win to make the – because, I mean, if they – I don't think they would want Oregon if, versus Georgia rematch. Like, for the national championship. Yeah. I think they – because well, they would build it up off of Bo Nix's comments and this is redemption and yeah, I don't know. Well, they've really turned oh, it on uh, the, the late half of the season, yeah. right? Yeah. So, well, that's why I think so. Maybe. So, David, we all had the same team. David had TCU. I think I had Oregon. Steven had – who's your other team? I Oregon. had Oregon. 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 We all surprisingly have – do you have Tennessee in there? Yeah. yeah. We, we all, all had, had Georgia, Tennessee. all had Iowa State, all had Tennessee. We're still high on Tennessee. But that's it for the show tonight. David, thank you a lot for joining us thanks bud it was a lot of fun you know your stuff we'll have to do it again but make sure to follow us on social media Tillman's Corner Sports Talk send us an email if you got some questions let us know what you would like us to talk about and as always see ya see ya